Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It was late at night at the Vista Del Mar Hotel in Miami. Paul Cromwell nodded a goodbye to the white uniformed nurse who sat by Kit Calvert's bedside and walked quietly across the room. The doctor had left only a moment ago. Paul sighed wearily as he stepped into the corridor. His comfortable suite had been converted into a sick room, and he was forced to share the cramped quarters of Max, the manservant who had been with him for so many years. In a mirror by the elevators, Paul caught a glimpse of his haggard face, unshaven since early that morning. There were heavy lines in it now and dark circles under the eyes. No wonder Dr. Nielsen had insisted he get some rest. But how could he rest until his present dilemma was solved? And the problem of what to do about Kit was no closer to a solution now than it had been when the girl first became ill the day before. Only the day before, Paul repeated to himself in wonder. Why, it seemed weeks ago. Now he has just been admitted by Max. He sinks wearily into the easy chair. Lord, I'm tired, Max. I can't remember when I've been so totally exhausted. It's the nervous strain, Mr. Cromwell. The tension of waiting, not knowing what to do next. I suppose so. Uh, let me make you a highball. You need something to pick you up. Mm, that's a good idea. I thought of going down to the bar, but then I got a look at this face of mine and thought better of it. Here you are, sir. Oh, thanks, Mac. You always know what I need. I try to, Mr. Cromwell. Well, we're certainly in the soup this time. The situation is awkward, sir. <laughs> awkward, Max. It's downright aggravating. Have you talked to the doctor again? Oh, yes. At length, just now. Did he say how serious Miss Carver's illness is? He said she's very ill. How's the fate, sir? Well, at first I wasn't so sure. I'm quite willing to admit I was inclined to be skeptical. Kit's such a devious person. Yes, Mr. Carver. So you see, it would have been just like her to put on such an act, talking a lot of gibberish, throwing fits of hysterics, all just to win my sympathy, get me embroiled again. And yet, there was something in her manner, sir, which indicated a very nervous state of mind. Oh, there's no question about it now. The doctor is very much concerned about her. Did he make any recommendations as to her care? Well, yes. That is, he believed she should be examined by a psychiatrist. It's even possible psychoanalysis might help. That would come later, of course. Mm. Yes, if, uh, if the illness has not progressed too far. Hmm? Uh, you see, sir, it's a question whether an analyst would be willing to take over the case. At present, Miss Calvert's condition is uh, far beyond the reach of such a man. <laughs> well, listen to you. Uh, the subject interests me, Mr. Cromwell. I've done considerable reading in the field. Well, you're quite right, Max. The doctor said just about the same thing. I mean, regarding the treatment. But at present, our chief worry is getting the girl home, back with her people, her father. Mr. Uh, Mr. Calvert has not returned your call? No, that's the worst of it. I can't understand why I haven't heard from him. Perhaps he didn't receive your message. Oh, but he must have. I spoke to his wife, gave her the whole story. His wife? Hmm. That's uh, Miss Calvert's stepmother? Yes. Uh, the way you ask that, something on your mind, Max? Uh, I was... Uh... Wondering about the new Mrs. Calvert. I don't know much about her, except that she's a very attractive woman. Kit's not overly fond of her, I do know that. Hmm. 
Do you think it's possible, Mr. Cromwell, that she, uh, well, neglected to give her husband a message? Oh, no, Max, I shouldn't think so. I made a great point of telling her how urgent the whole thing is. She sounded very concerned. Then I certainly can't understand, Mr. Cromwell. Uh, why doesn't the man telephone, Max? I don't know, Mr. Cromwell. <laughs> of course you don't. Purely a rhetorical question. As a matter of fact, this is an imposition. Dr. Nielsen insisting on considering me the girl's protector. Did you attempt to explain to him, Mr. Cromwell, uh, uh, about your association with Miss Calvert, I mean? Well, I'm certainly not going into that with a stranger. I told him Kit is no particular friend of mine. Apparently, he thinks I'm utterly heartless. But good Lord, Max, you understand, don't you? I believe I do, Mr. Cromwell. When I think of the past, uh, of Miss Calvert's deceptions, uh, it's quite natural you'd feel no obligation or sympathy toward her. That's it, Max. After all, Kit treated me abominably. Not that I was entirely innocent, but I, I certainly had a genuine feeling for her, and she took advantage of it. Made a fool of me. And after all that, how she could come rushing down here, expecting me to rally around. Well, she was a very lonely and desperate young woman, Mr. Conwell. Oh, I suppose so. And perhaps I'm a hard-hearted monster. But I can't help feeling this is all on her own head. You've done all you could. You've gotten a nurse for her, a doctor. And he keeps wanting me to make decisions. I don't know what to tell him. Oh, it's such an unholy mess. Do you think Mr. Calvert is still out of town? No, his wife said he was expected back today. But even so, surely she would have gotten in touch with him somehow. Well, I'm not going to wait any longer for Calvert to phone me. I've had enough. I'm going to phone him. Operator, I want to place a long-distance call. Mr. Calvert? Yes, speaking. This is Paul Cromwell. Yes, Mr. Cromwell. I've phoned you several times. I've been expecting to hear from you. About your daughter, Mr. Calvert. My daughter? What about her? Didn't your wife give you my message? Yes. Well, Mr. Calvert, I don't understand. Look what... here, Cromwell. You read the papers, don't you? Surely you didn't really expect me to answer your call about Kit. I most certainly did. I have a pretty good idea what your attitude is toward Kit at the moment, but she's ill, Mr. Calvert. Seriously ill. Yes. My wife told me you said so. We've called in a doctor, and she's here at the hotel with a the nurse. Then I'd say she was pretty well taken care of. Mr. Calvert, evidently you don't understand. Your daughter is suffering from a mental breakdown. That's a very loose term. All right, I'll be more specific. She's out of her head. Do you believe that, Mr. Cromwell? I most certainly do. Then I'm afraid I'm not so gullible as you. Do you mean... Are you telling me you don't believe Kit's illness is genuine? I'm afraid I can't believe anything about Kit anymore. Now look, Mr. Calvert, I can understand you're being skeptical about Kit's illness. I, I was myself at first. But believe me, this is no fake. If you'll talk to the doctor here, you'll... That won't be necessary. All right, then. What are you going to do? Kit and the nurse are in my rooms at the moment. She can't stay there, Mr. Calvert. This doctor says she needs special care. Psychiatric care, and after all, she's, she's not my responsibility. I quite agree with you. But you still don't believe she's ill, is that it? Well, perhaps you will when you see the doctor bills. Kit's well over age, Mr. Cromwell. She's not a minor. She left this house of her own accord. I'm not responsible for her finances. Besides, I happen to know that Kit took quite a sum of money with her when she left. So you see... Well, if she had any, it's gone now. But that's not the point. You're quite right, it isn't. 
Calford, I've had enough of this. I've gone as far as I'm going to. Your daughter's ill, and that's that. And you'd better accept the fact. I don't intend to have her on my hands. Mr. Cromwell, the point I'm making is that it's no concern to me whether Kit is ill or not. Oh. I see. Then there's no reason for us to talk any further, Mr. Cromwell. Oh, I think there is. When it comes to shifting your own responsibility onto someone else, onto me... I'm sorry if you're being inconvenienced. But you should know Kit by now. If you've allowed yourself to become mixed up in her affairs, if you've let yourself in for this, well, I'm afraid you'll have to find your own solution. But she's your daughter. My daughter? You're wrong. I no longer consider Kit as a daughter of mine. Goodbye, Mr. Cromwell. Paul Cromwell stood there a moment, then angrily replaced the phone in his cradle. And back in Wakefield, Ben Calvert sat motionless, dejected by the telephone in the hall. His wife, Jessie, who had listened to the conversation, walked over to him, put her arms around Ben as if to comfort him, a gesture of sympathy and understanding which didn't match up with the thoughts in her mind. At last, Ben had openly denied his daughter. The break complete. Jessie Calvert was satisfied. 